Hey, what's going on? It is episode 269 of the Hey My Man podcast. This is Dave. This is Ben. Go ahead. Continue on with your conversation. <laughs> well, uh, we were just sitting down here and I was about to have one of these Burnham Brewing Hamilton Porters. It's called You're Killing Me Smalls. It's uh, it's supposed to taste like s'mores. It's a s'mores porter, okay? Mm. And I thought... Boy, that looks tasty. When I saw, when I saw it, I saw it in the in the cabinet, and I go, "That sounds good. I'll get that." It's it's cold out. A nice little marshmallow toasty beer would be good. Then the guy sensing my problem, when I go up to the counter, he's like, "Hey, you didn't want to get the new one?" I'm like what? Like first of all, I go to this place on in the Boulevard in Highland. It's got eight bajillion different beers, right? And he goes, "You didn't get the new one." And I go, "Like new one? Like there's." The new one from Burnham Brewery or the new, like, the new, uh, what's that thing called? This is uh, Burnham Brewery, You're Killing Me Smalls. Okay. So is it the new version of You're Killing yeah, Me Smalls? Yeah, well, I don't know. They got, like, 8,000 square feet of, of craft brew. And I'm like, what do you mean new one? Like, there's always, isn't there always, right. like, 50 new ones a week? And he meant the new, uh, I guess, Burnham or whatever this is. Oh. He meant the new Burnham one. So he walks me over there and he's like, yeah, this one's, it's a Christmas, it's a Christmas one. It's got like ginger and blah, blah. And I was like, that sounds disgusting. No, I was like, no, I'm good. But the thing was like, you, you think I'm that into beer that yes. if, that if out of the 8,500 beers you have, you get 8,501 and I'm like, hmm, how'd this get past my radar? I think he probably sees you enough to think you're a collector. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, oh, most of the people that go to that specific liquor store are looking for the newest flavor. But hey, that, what do you got? But that's my problem. We, and I can only speak to this area. Uh, my wife hates when I say that I'm, I don't drink. So yeah. I'm going to say it either way. Why but does what she I, hate that? Because she says I do drink. But I when, when I say I don't drink, I mean I don't get drunk. Mm. I may have a beer or two. And now that I can't smell or taste, what's the point at all? Still? No, can't. Um, I, I would, dude, I would just be like straight vodka. I'll, I'll get back to that. But my point being, uh, I don't, everybody that I know is always doing the, hey, did you try this? Have you had the new one of this? There's the new milkshake over here. There's the new sour over here. Now, this area where we're at, Northwest Indiana, near Chicagoland, part of Chicagoland, I don't know what it is, but I think we're on the forefront of like all this new stuff that's coming out. There's a lot of people doing crazy craft beer stuff. Maybe the rest of the world is caught up by this point, but for the last couple of years, um, a lot of our local breweries have been winning like nationwide awards for, you know, all this ingenuity. Yeah. It's lost on me, but I will tell you for anybody else who's in this COVID situation where you don't have taste and smell, if I were to drink, um, an IPA, I can taste the citrusiness of it, mm-hmm. but I don't get any of the flavor profile. It's just, it's just very, like, uh, what do you call it? Um, citrusy. I don't know, okay, a- yeah. acidic. Okay. And uh, so what I do is I just basically, I've been drinking like uh, peanut butter stouts or, uh, you know, any kind of, um, any kind of beer that has chocolate or like a Guinness sort of thickness to it. You want it because because I guess you I get some sort of satisfaction from knowing that it's not it it, it does something. I don't know. Peanut, I don't know what it peanut does. butter versus orange juice. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. Or, any anything like sugary is too sugary. Anything salty is too salty, and anything citrusy is far too acidic. So I've been going with um, like 
stouts, porters. I just, dude, I like it, but I like it a lot. I like, there's a few of my breweries that are like the favorites and I go to them and I have my favorite beer when I go there. But, you know, my thing is I, I, I need balance in life. So when people are too excited about new flavors, it's, it's how a lot of people are like with their punk rock music or whatever. Everybody else is into it. I'm out a little bit. Just like, I want to go, I want to drink it. I'll, I'll enjoy it. We all, at the end of the day, want to get a buzz from this stuff. But let's, let's stop acting like it's Rembrandt. You know what I mean? Like, this isn't Da Vinci's where it's good. It's really tasty. But just because you dumped marshmallows, which taste good, but don't need to be in there. <laughs> you know what I mean? They don't, they don't need to be. I mean, um, think about I, where I, we I just, were 20 years ago. And- no, it tastes good. But my thing is, like, you got to... It's... You, you're drinking beer, though. Right. You know? Like, oh, dude. Like, Gordon Ramsay didn't come to your house and, like, cut you, like, an... an a nice fillet with some balsamic on top. It's dude, it's beer. Okay, but for the beer casuals, there was a lot of people that used to just say like, "Oh, you know, I I don't like the taste of beer. I don't drink beer." But because they've done all this, they've really opened the market to everyone. You know, because there's something for everyone. It used to be, hey, if you were drinking Hams, Coors Light, Miller Light, Bud Light, they all tasted the same. Right. They all had that nasty Anheuser Busch beer flavor. Yeah. Fermented. You know. Pilsner alive. Yeah, yeah. That's it. So um maybe for you, I get it, but for other people, I think this is this is how they make their money by coming out with the newest hey, if we haven't got you yet, we're gonna get you within the next two months. I get with some why they flavors. do it. Right, I get yes. why they do it. I, and I appreciate the art in it. What I'm saying, you give me ten people that are super excited in line for when every newest beer comes out, I'll give you ten people that aren't wasting any time with their own shit. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Dude, I like drinking beer. That's pretty much been established, correct? But it can't be my hobby. It can't be like what I do. It can't be like, hey, what are you going to... Is this like a daily affirmation for you? <laughs> yeah. You're trying to convince me or you're trying to convince yourself? I'm just, I'm reading the tattoo on my okay. inner thigh. Right. It can't be like, I'm so excited. What are you going to do tomorrow? I'm going to go try that new beer and I'm excited about it. It's got to be, I'm going to do something fun. And I maybe have that. Like, I come here to podcast, so I get a good beer. Because this is my hobby's podcasting. But if people stand in line for Jordans, why won't they stand in line for beer? They will. I'm, I know. So I'm saying this they, is... They shouldn't stand in line for Jordans you're, you're, either. You're, you're sort of... You're preaching to the choir knowing that the choir's not going to listen. You're just bitching the bitch. Yeah, I guess really. so. Really? Yeah. You know, because... I, I, I say that about collectibles. I've said this for years. As far as just like general collectibles, I don't get it. Um... <laughs> You know, I have baseball cards still uh, in like my crawl space. What, what is now a crawl space cons- now that I've had my walls built in my basement? Oh, you got and, walls. And, and, and I consider crawling in there and grabbing them all and taking them to the card shop and redeeming them. And I know they're not going to be worth anything. Um, and then I've considered giving them my kid. My kid not only doesn't like baseball, but he doesn't definitely doesn't care about baseball cards or keeping them or adding to my, to the collection. Something that I that was so near and dear to me, and um, yesterday was the anniversary, the six-year anniversary of my dad passing, and it's sort of, I, I talk about this all the time, when um, after he passed away, we finally got access to his junk drawer as adults, all the things that he's collected, <laughs> you know, all the cool things that yeah. we used to sneak into his room and play with when my parents weren't home. Right. Um, now we had, we had the ability to take and divide up between me and my brother and sister, and at the end of the day, there's you know, 16, 20, 30 knives in there that nobody wanted. 
you know, all this stuff that he thought that he collected. He had one of these, like, it's like a case, like a velvet case that you open up and it's like probably from Avon and they have all these different little uh, gold, fake gold or whatever, you know, little cars, different model cars, you know, like the, these collectible things that you would get over yeah. the years from the Franklin Mint. And and really, my mom still leaves them in the drawer, but the fact of the matter is, is they're going to they're gonna get tossed. So you start thinking about your stuff in the way of like what what is what is what is the point and that's it only why matters the, the, to you yeah the collecting that's the bummer and when you go back to this punk rock thing because you you I know you're picking on me um, yes yeah picking on well you. yes other people may not like <laughs> it I'm protective of what I like as you are of what you like mm. regardless of who else likes it and I know at the end of the day uh, when I when I go um, off this mortal coil. Mm-hmm. They're going to throw all my shit in the garbage, my yeah. family. Yeah. You know, anything they can't get a buck out of, and they're probably too lazy to do that. Your kids are going to keep your shirts for a couple of years, and they're going to be like, I, I don't think I want these. Either. I mean, I've had these shirts since, you know, high school, so most of them are falling. <laughs> but they're, yeah. I don't know how long they have. But, uh, yeah, so ultimately, um, the other thing I wanted to bring up, I put a pin in it before I'm taking the pin out. I still can't taste. I have like 25% of my taste still. I have no smell. It's given me great anxiety. You know, I'm concerned. Did I put deodorant on? You know, normally you could just go, oh, and sniff, and yeah, there it's you there. Go. You don't know if your breath is bad. Uh, oh, that's a killer. You, you know, normally I, I take a shower every day. Uh, I think that's the right thing to do. Mm. But even so, I feel like I'm hyper vigilant of like, hey, did I do I smell good? Do I not smell good? Like, how mm. do I know? Um, if you were to, I don't eat food out of the refrigerator if it's one day past the date that's stamped on the container. Oh, dude, you can go even further now. Look, you could, but it makes me even more upset or concerned saying, like, if if it were milk, for example, I would look at that date and say, I don't care. It, it could smell right, but after this date, on this date and after it, I'm not drinking. I'll pour the whole thing out. Yeah, but if you can get it down, then it's all good. You'd think so, but I'm crazy. So, <laughs> what, I mean... I don't know if I farted and it was quiet. Did I get away with it? Well, I'm not sure. You just have to wait and see. Like usually you can smell yourself and know, yeah, oh, yeah. I got none of this. If I come out of a bathroom at another person's house and they, and I use their pooping toilet, did I leave an odor behind? I don't think I did, but what if I did? What if you're not sure you farted? You just got to take matches everywhere you go. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you have to, you keep, you have to keep lighting them, holding them near your ass in case you fire I'm going to take you a step fire, further. You know you did. You know how when you're growing up there's always the kid with the snot bubble in his nose he never seems to notice. Yeah, oh yeah. You know there's always there's always the kid with the the the, the, the when he talks there's a spit line going yeah. up and down never notices. The crust from his nose. There's always the stinky kid and you think to yourself like I could potentially be the stinky kid. And I know that I could be the stinky kid. I I have knowledge that it's a possibility and and there's nothing I could do about it. I have to have the trust in my wife and my close friends to let me know. And I'm right away. I need to know if right away, if I worked with you, I would never stop like hiring people, paying people, asking people to be like, Oh dude, you fart (laughs) all the time. I would just have them walk by and be like, and then you you go, what? Just go, Oh, Oh, nothing. I just thought I, I mean, this is a whole new industry. That's going to come off of this people losing their smell, people losing their taste. How about this? How about this? The canary in the coal mine, the, I don't even know if that makes sense at all, but probably not. But the guy that still has his smell, 
he now gets some sort of incentive to be extra nay hyper vigilant in his smell mm-hmm. okay i'm in your office i never got corona before right so mm-hmm. i'm the one who can say um you hire me as like a spotter like like a bouncer for other people's noses like if you come in i'll go hey dude hey uh i know you guys can't tell like a service person like i would work for you i would just be like hey um Okay, beginning of the day, we have a briefing, and I walk through, hey, man, everybody, how's it going? Everybody? A nasal support person, like a dog. A nasal inspector. But what I'm saying is, is like people get on the plane, and they're like, I, this this dog gets to ride for free because he's my emotional support dog. I mean, you're my you're my odor person. Well, But that's another angle of it, is one can be there to assure you, mm-hmm. no, it's not you, dude. Something smells in here. And when people start looking around, go, it's not you, bro. It's not you. A lot of times, good friends... Want to tell you what you want to hear, though. You got to have somebody that's cold blooded. Like, I would that's be the why perfect person incentive. to do that. Well, you'd be a good nasal support person for right. sure. <laughs> yeah, because or like, okay, you have briefing or whatever, whatever you guys call it in the beginning of your workday. You walk through and you go like, "All right, uh, here's the sales we're working on today. I need you guys to make these phone calls." Blah blah. And you walk through the office and you go, "Elizabeth, it's you today. Go ahead and get it done." And she and she'll, she'll look all embarrassed and be like, "Don't hey." It happens to all of us. Don't worry about it. Um, you're the smelly one today. How so could, you're throwing how fake you smelliness known? on other people? No, you are letting people know who the smelly person is. But you're okay. So you're talking about if there's a room full of people who've lost their ability. yes, okay, yes, because gotcha. everyone's going to get it right. So like we have fire alarms to tell if it's smoking. Mm. If there's smoke in the room, you have this person who gets an extra incentive to walk through and be like, "Oh, Todd, 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 Todd." Man, I uh, I feel bad saying this too, but it's you, but it's you today, buddy. So go ahead and take the rest of the afternoon off. Uh, come back and don't uh, smell like that tomorrow. Well, the idea of just getting rid of the entire human race and replacing us with cyborgs is now looking positive instead of neg- how I felt it was negative before, because we could just be done with all this mission. It's house. never been a negative. It was a negative because in, to me, I didn't want my, the idea of, of uh, cyborgs taking over and destroying the human race is terrifying. No, but now it's I'm just thinking they're just, us. yeah, I mean, not us. We're gone. Wow. They're, I'm not talking about doing a hybrid where we put human brains into uh, exoskeletons. It's going to improve humankind until it improves uh, biohumankind. Or, or that doesn't Ro- make sense. Robot kind? Robots. Until the robots take over. But back to beer mm. real quick. Think about if you got a new job and you had a new boss and that guy was fairly intimidating, right? This guy's super successful and this guy's better than you at everything, right? Um, you finally, you're going to lunch with him one day. It's just you and him. And he's like, oh, let's go. Uh, let's go grab a quick lunch or whatever. Do you then push the conversation hardcore into whether or not the, the rum barrel aged porter has hints of blueberry in it or not? I sure don't. No. <laughs> Why don't you? I don't care. But but if you did care about that beer, do you bring it up? Like how many different variants you have of something? I mean, I'd like to say no, but at the same time, I mean, I guess if you were to sit down and smoke a new cigar that somebody got, you would the conversation would go to why an- it was a good cigar. The answer is no. And here's why you don't <laughs> do it. You don't want your boss to think you're a loser that cares right. that much about beer. You're yeah. like, hey, this guy is definitely not the guy to lead my newest project. Well, it might All he thinks about is alcoholic, and most bosses. Mm, they'll get over that part because everybody's an alcoholic. The point is, he'd be like, look, half the people I work with have a drinking problem, but this guy won't stop talking about how he's got cherry currants in his stout. 
Fuck this guy, man. Out of all, <laughs> that's what he's gonna say. Out of all the the things that I miss, and I kind of touched on this before, I am a stress eater. I know that's a surprise to you. That's where I do most of my eating. Is it's for comfort, right? Comfort food. All food to me is comfort food. Aren't you jealous of the people who get stressed out and can't eat? I just wonder. I mean, I I I'm jealous of it now uh, because I have no control over the fact that like I can eat. I choose to eat and I get no satisfaction out of it at all. I paid $126 for takeout the other day from Cafe Borgia, okay? Uh, One of my favorite restaurants. Oh, right. And I was going to order my fettuccine Alfredo with chicken, which is uh, my favorite entree. How many people are eating in this? Four. Four for takeout? Yeah. So you're not paying for a tip? Yeah. I, I mean, a little bit of yeah. a tip, but it's not as 15%. Okay. Because they just walked it out to the car. You know, I didn't even Whoa, have to whoa, 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 whoa. What? You pay carry out. You still give them 15%? Yeah. Dude, I'm a pretty good tipper, but... I'm 15, are fi- you? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah, I am. But do you bring it to my car is the same as talking to me, bringing me drinks, bringing me my food? My my wife told me while I was on the way there, I said, what are we doing for a tip? And she said she was really nice on the phone. And I thought, well, that's she's got one job. You know who else is? A 911 <laughs> operator. So, I don't think so. So, uh, with that being said, I was going to get what I wanted. And, and she suggested, you know what? Why don't you get the lasagna? It's a little, it's a, probably a little more flavorful. It's, you know, fettuccine is bland. So if you're going to be able to take, if you're going to spend the money, might as well get something you could take. Little did I know she wanted lasagna. She wanted to eat some of the lasagna. <laughs> yeah, that's a nice trick. Um, but I'm very sensitive to, to sugary and salty tastes. So the sauce was very sugary and uh, I couldn't even eat it. I took like two bites of it and I was like, I'm, I'm done. But if you're sensitive to it. Then you pick up on that. And you like it, no? No, it's so sugary. So you want bland? Do you want candy? Do you want your lasagna to taste like candy? Honestly, wait. I mean, how I, sugar? I mean, it's sugar in the because your taste because you're yeah. That's what I'm saying. But your taste yeah, but buds, dude, it's not pixie sticks. Bro. I mean, taste buds are firing off. I don't know, man. It's 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 changed the how way. How long are you going to be? I don't know. Wrong. So this has created a lot of anxiety, and I don't know how. I only get the podcast once a week, but I'll tell you something else really weird. Um, just like Groundhog Day, I'm finding myself, like in the movies, not the movie Groundhog Day, but in the movies, when you see the uh, protagonist sit up in their bed. <gasps> yeah. And then they, something, you know, because of something, right? They, and they yell, Kevin! So <laughs> I had a Carol Burnett dream the other day. Now, okay. I'm going to be 44 years old this month, and I would venture to say that anybody under the age of 40 at this point, it, if they do know the name Carol Burnett, they don't know why they know it. And Carol Burnett is a comedian, right? Not a stand-up comedian, but like a comedian that would do like skits and like a like a, a, a performance comedian like a, on TV shows. And variety they, shows. Yeah, yeah, variety shows. And she also did Mama's Family. She was on like, an, she was an, part of an ensemble group. She did the um, uh, roasts as well, right? She was was she involved in those? No, no, no. no. I don't know why I thought she was in that crowd. You'd be Arthur, maybe. They're <laughs> both old. That must but, have. That must have been. Uh, so I don't know why, but I sat up in my bed. The, let me take you back. The night before, I sat up in my bed and went, <gasps> and I, my wife had told me about. She said, "You know, you're really worried about this coronavirus and the smell and the taste and." are you on a Facebook support group? There's a ton of them for Corona people. So I found one. I, I said, no, I'm not doing yeah, that. No. I eventually found one. Uh, I woke up maybe about, I don't know, midnight, 1230. And I thought, 
I need to find a support group right now because I'm really upset about this no smell thing and I want to see if other people have gotten their smell and taste back late in the game. Yeah. So I found one. It was called like coronavirus survivors positive stories only. And I'm like, well, that's that's what I need, right? Corona, positive coronavirus survivors group is yes. 98% of the population. <laughs> well, I'm just saying this is the name of the group. And I picked one that said positive stories only because I'm like, I don't need any more negativity in my life. I tried the coronavirus uh, non-survivors. There was like four members. About 2.30, I woke back up and I saw that I'd been accepted to this group. So I started, I was was like, man, I got to read through here and get some positivity. And I'm reading through and I'm just seeing negativity all over the place. There's no positivity. And people are saying it's been months. It's been three months. It's been five months. It's been six months. It's been eight months since I've, you know. Uh, not got my smell back or my taste back or, you know, I got a little bit of my taste back and then it left again. And uh, one guy is saying, hey, I've got coronavirus for the third time now. Uh, things aren't looking good. Oof. You know, what, whatever. All these terrible stories. Yeah, he's doing. So I am trying to wake my wife up in the middle of the night and say, you know, you told me I was going to get my smell and taste back. This is terrible. It's talking <laughs> about all, all, all these awful stories. That's brutal. So I can't get myself back to sleep and... Um, I have to get up for work at some point. I go to work the very next night. Uh, I got some melatonin in my, uh, my cocktail. She put some melatonin in my stuff. So I, I crashed out. I went to sleep and I woke up and I thought, what in the world is going on with Carol Burnett right now? Is she alive or is she dead? I don't know why. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I don't even know if I was dreaming about Carol Burnett when I sat up and was concerned about Carol Burnett, but I looked it up. And I want to say she's like 87 years old or somewhere in her mid-80s. And she is still alive for anybody who's concerned, uh, which made me happy. But then I immediately got really upset and really depressed because I thought, you know, Carol Burnett has done a lot to bring positivity in the world. In fact, I don't know anything negative she's ever done. Uh, she makes people smile and seems like a really good person. I've never heard someone say she's evil like Ellen or a diva like Oprah or any of this stuff, right? It's all positivity coming from her. But then I thought she is 80 some years old sitting in some house. She's been long forgotten about before she even died. No one's talking about her. No one cares about her. Uh, This is just me thinking this way. And it's got to be a pretty miserable existence to be somebody who was somebody that everybody talked about. And now nobody cares about. And I don't even know if she's alive or dead. And this kept me awake for hours <laughs> uh did you think that there was parts of it you could take upon yourself to rectify what do you mean <clears throat> should I, mean, I reach out to carol burnett like i do everyone else of that course transfer? yeah <laughs> i i don't know that she has social media which Dude, you I got rap report on the show i once. did i did if you reach out to her and be like hey i just want you to know the other night at 1 a.m approximately <laughs> um i was up until damn near breakfast time worried sick about you uh, and then just be like, how you doing? It was just weird because I went down this, you know, not, not a YouTube, what do they call it? Like a wormhole or whatever. But what, I, what, I, what do kids say to people on a cold open these days? Like if you just email Carol Burnett and just say like, I do hey, this stuff all the time. You so just I'm, say like dad ass dough. You know what I mean? <laughs> and either. then not to Carol, not to no, no. What did, what, did they, what else do the kids say? I don't know. Other? I think that I would, I would you, do what, a throwback like, to the old fashioned handwritten letter oh you just write what that mouth do <laughs> yeah, and you just yeah, and then dear right. uh love dave yes yeah that's exactly <laughs> no, what I, mean. I mean would you but you would have to reach out to her and just be like hey uh not for first nothing and, but i'm worried about you first and foremost are you okay yeah okay that's you know that that's also one, one way to do it, it might be a bit creepy but i would say 
the end of this whole thought process was I drifted away from Carol Burnett back to my selfish self. And it just came back to this whole idea of like, you know, you spend all this time trying to figure out, you know, people like me or you who enjoy the opportunity to attempt to entertain people. And that's what makes me happy is when I can do something that makes me happy. And also I can get people to be happy about it and support me doing all that. I like to think we make people laugh. And then at the end of the day, uh, just like these baseball cards that are sitting under my staircase, who gives a shit? Hey, dude, you know It's what? all going in the garbage, man. You know, bro? Right? Ashes to ashes, my friend. All of your thoughts are just a baseball card collection, bro. Yeah. No, for sure. I, yeah. I feel like uh, <laughs> this is just... this is. I, I, I feel very negative toward... I mean, I think... Yeah, that's a cynical outtake, bro. It is. It's very cynical. You're saying, like, your life, your thoughts, your feelings are just... Uh, are just some collection that will be in some antique store and nobody will buy them later. Well, you know, I've been, I'm, I'm locked in time. You Your know, kids are going to throw out this podcast like like so many old ra- Circle Jerk shirts? This is what I'm saying. I enjoy watching uh, episodes of the same show that I know how they're going to turn out over and over again. The same movies. I'm still listening to the same music I listened to when I was 16. In fact, I had a, a recent conversation with my son who for Hanukkah was saying, hey, you know, I'd like to get a, a Dead Kennedy shirt or, you know, maybe you could, I really like this bad religion shirt or I really like this. And I said, hey, not for nothing. You do what you want to do, but I, you don't have to do what I do. You don't have to like the things I like. Did and you he, really say that to him? Yeah, and he was just like, I like it, man. I mean, yeah, I learned about it from you, but but I like it too. And I'm thinking, really? this I, is, dude, this, that's a, while, that, I, ha- while I had coronavirus, uh, I, I watched a documentary about, uh, it's called You Weren't There. It's about Chicago punk from like 1979 to like 1982. That, this, this. Marinero this says time. late 81, but go ahead. Uh, and <laughs> it was the most depressing thing ever because, you know, in the documentary, these guys were saying like it was a time, it, the whole point of the documentary, You Weren't There, was it was a time and place. And this movement, like every other movement, it happened and it's over. You can you can make music that people uh, attribute to a style or, you know, right now people could say, oh, we make this music and it sort of sounds like we're like kind of like a Beatles kind of band. But you can't replace the time and place that it was uh, specific to. You know what I mean? You're, you're reinventing. When you see people walking around with Grateful Dead shirts now. It's like it it's a, takes on a whole nother meaning than what it did. Yeah, you have to judge people by the era so, that, so, that they're from as well, too. Like, Grateful Dead doesn't mean now what it did. And I was already behind it. And I, te- it. I tease about the old, like, punk rockers and stuff because it just makes me laugh. But, like, especially when, when I cite people that we know like that. Um, but I do get that there's a time and a place. Dude, I listen to tons of bands. Some that I still am into. Some that I'm embarrassed that I like. But at the time, you judge it by that time. Look at it through a 16-year-old's angry adolescent ears. You but, know what I mean? But, but when well, I you can't tell, look at anything through ears, so let's say, uh, you know, I, I was alive when Ronald Reagan was a president. However, I, I, I didn't, I didn't care to, or not to like Ronald Reagan because by the time I was even, you know, cognizant of what was going on, he was no longer the president. So even when I'm listening to the dead Kennedys in 1987, 88, Ronald Reagan isn't even an issue anymore. And why are, you know, why am I, I'm singing songs along with Jello Biafra about hating Ronald Reagan. 
Now you move forward to 2020 and my 16 year old kid is singing songs about hating Ronald Reagan. And it's like, I know right now it seems like there's a huge void in people being authentic. You know, there's this, there's this idea to where resurgence is what's popular. Hey, we're going to bring back uh saved by the bell. We're going to, we're going to yeah. breathe, breathe life into these old shows, Cobra Kai. And, and the nostalgia of it is great for us the people that were there and we go, wow, that has some nostalgic value. Yeah, but it's just generation Xers. It's j- new to each them. Other off though. It's new to them. My, my, uh, 11 or 12 year old, uh, nephew, I asked him what he wanted for Hanukkah. And he said, Oh, uh, I just started, I was flipping through the channels and I saw this, uh, this wrestling and I, I'm, I'm obsessed with it now. And I go, Oh, like, you know, like, like WWF. And he's like, I don't know. WWE. Okay, yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah. He thinks that this just happened now. He's like, you ever heard of The Undertaker? You ever heard of this person? It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, yeah. and that, that, that's that's what's interesting to me is, is like, maybe I'm old and maybe I'm just, I'm not seeing it. I don't look at uh, stuff like uh, mumble rap or Post Malone personally as being super unique. Maybe you're going to go, that is unique. I don't know. It's, it's just not something I'm into. And I'm of that age where I go, ah, oh, these young uh, tattooed face. I don't get it. But I feel like we we were just like everybody else in their generations. They had something special about when they were growing up. And it, I guess it's painful to me or hurtful to me or makes me sad when I see that my child, all these years later, it's not 1979. It's not even 18. It's not even 1984. It's 2020. And we're still singing songs about MTV Get Off the Air. That's what my kid is listening to. Yeah, he should have something that speaks for him. But is there something that speaks? I mean, there has to I be. I don't know. Right? I mean, Did it, our parents feel this way when they heard Twisted Sister? When they heard Duran Duran? When they heard, you know, whatever. I know Guns that, and Roses were they like, this is garbage. We, we had real music, you know, Frank Sinatra. Or, yeah. I mean, Elvis. The Beatles with our parents. You know, my dad's kids like Three Dog Night, Bread. <laughs> right. Linda Ronstadt, Kenny Rogers, real. Gordon Lightfoot. Real musicians. Yeah. I think, though, at least our parents saw, at least, I don't even like saying at least, but our parents saw like grunge and God knows like Marilyn Manson and stuff. And I think they were like, what is all this young, crazy, rage filled? Was that mumble rap to them? Yes and no. It was in that, like, they're like, what is this new noise, this garbage I'm hearing? They don't like the way it sounds in their ears. But they at least could go, hey, this is this young, angry people music. This is rage-filled stuff. At least they can go, like, why are my kids filled with rage? Where is this coming from? It's even more sad when you go, oh, there's just this, like, synthy weird pop that doesn't mean anything. You know what that's, I mean? That's Yeah, that's, I guess, where, where you feel like there's just nothing behind it. It's vapid. Yeah, I can get them going. I don't understand why this youth is so angry. Why are they making this? Why why are these new metal guys piercing everything and screaming? So, and you can go, I don't get it. But there's something to not get. The mumble rap stuff is just like it's just about like lean and and clothes, mm-hmm. and it doesn't feel very um, uh, deep. Yeah, soulful. Yeah, yeah, and like, dude, there's like I said, there's so much music that I I don't think holds up that I liked, but. At least I can go, this was for a time and a place. This was for a young, angry, adolescent dude. I get that. Or or woman or whatever, right? But this stuff now, if he's seeking out your old music, that means nothing in his 
era is grabbing him and making him feel the way right. he feels. So he's going, I guess I'll look outward for people. Well, this that is why feel it was like so me. special to me because I, and, and it's important to me as a person who appreciates music and I credit music with a lot of why I made the decisions I made as a young person and whether, whether it be clothing, whether it be, you know, attitude, whatever that influenced that. And so when I look at him and I'm like, like you said, there, you don't have anything that grabs you. You're just, you're just doing what I did. You're going through the same motions because you're, you're hearing the same things and you're getting the same feelings, but it's gotta be lessened because again, uh, do we really hate jocks and rednecks? Is, well, it but that, you know, is it that important to hate jocks and rednecks when I don't even know if that those those classes necessarily exist within your well, subculture when you e-school? When 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 I was at school and there were jocks, I live in Indiana. There's jocks and there's rednecks and there's preppies and there's all these different groups. You're sitting at a counter in the kitchen doing e-school. How can you have angst against these other groups that don't like your group when nah, you're not even in a group? There no groups exist. Not only that, but there is no angry music being made. There's none. There's no rock music being made. Not really. Right? Yeah. I mean, who's really making rock music? I'm sure there's a handful of people going to go, what about? Okay, those four bands that you know. But like... Machine Gun Kelly's like the only guy out there doing it. Okay, good example. He's playing like pop punk, right? Mm -hmm. He's selling tons of records. He's their version of like rock music. And he just started doing it for fun because somebody wrote him some songs or whatever. So that's the definition of of being vapid like you said this is the importance of guitar and actual musical instruments and music because uh myself and my family were watching like this year's inductees to the uh the hall of fame for the music hall of fame and um you know normally i would be one of those people that's like oh who cares about the hall of fame like who cares what this these people over here are giving you the okay because they say your music or you know, you have to meet these requirements in order to be in there. You have to so many years or whatever the requirements are. And now we've decided we're going to give you a nod and you can get in. Um, and this year, you know, Iggy, I think, well, Iggy went in and uh, uh, Depeche Mode went in. And I want to say part of excess. <laughs> did they? <laughs> I don't oh, know. I, I no, no, they didn't. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I, I thought I, maybe. I want to say not uh, not um, one of these uh, one of these the uh, Eagles went in and just a, now a, yeah a couple Jesus, a couple dude. a couple other acts that were like how can unsom- you have one of the best selling what, of all time the Doobie Brothers they went in um, so so there's a lot of different and so what they do is these vignettes on each of these acts okay and they go we're gonna somebody comes up and they say this is you know I'm I get to to announce the Doobies. And unfortunately, because of COVID, what normally happens is the Doobie Brothers would take the stage. There's a live audience, and they'd play, um, and uh, what do you call it when you when you mend, when you weave a bunch of your songs together, medley, a medley of their music. But they couldn't do that because you know of COVID. So they just basically talk to some of the the players in the group, and they get you know they get them to tell a little bit of the story about how the band came about or all these bands came about, and you realize like. Man, these these players, like these guys, it wasn't just like, hey, we we threw we had nothing else going on, so we threw it together. Like these dudes, like they they put everything to the side. And they're like, this is what we're gonna do, and there's just no way we're not gonna make it. Yeah, and they did it, and it's crazy. It's it's very inspiring. Well, think about it. The, the last thought on this is like, you go way back to where it was like before, like rock music. You know what I mean? Even like the Beatles, or whatever. You had people that pretty much played like Buddy Holly, whatever. Yeah, the people that played like. 
like guitar without distortion. They had to know their instrument very well. Then it went from like, you know, the kinks and stuff where it's like, we're playing the same stuff, but we're going to punch holes in our speakers. We're going to do a little bit louder and a little nastier. People are going to shake their hips while we do it. You get into 70s. Now you're talking like guitar gods. You got uh, Hendrix. But you got Hendrix. You got people like killing it. Then you got then you got metal, but it was always about like we're taking these classic um, talents and we're doing them our own way. We're doing louder and we're shredding. And we're playing Tevin Van Halen. You know, we're doing Eruption. Um, then you have uh, grunge music came along and said we don't know how to play that well. Well, you're forgetting after for a while there they they said uh, no more of this guitar music. We're going to go to complete synthesizers and and effects. And then, then oh. that, 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 I think, led, I think you just laid a pile of dog shit right in the middle. Of well, the I'm theory. just saying, then they led to back to this guitar thing where, uh, Guns N' Roses was, you know, it was like, Hey, back to huge arena rock. This is what's in. And then grunge took a shit on the arena rock that Guns N' Roses were doing and mm-hmm. bands like Guns N' Roses were doing. And just like, Hey, this is total small club DIY you know, our scene, they, they built a scene and then their scene basically thrust itself upon the entire country. Like something that was going on in this one particular area mm. exploded, yeah. which, which I don't know. I mean, obviously Guns N' Roses and those people were doing their thing in Hollywood, but I think the music was more If it weren't for Guns N' Roses, grunge would have killed metal even faster. Yeah, I agree. Even faster. But my point is the talent for the guitar went down and down mm. and down. It got less and less and less important. Once they figured out how to drop D tune. Yeah, and it got less and less important. So you got the right. new metal drop D, you just right. need one finger. Now you don't really need it at all. So now you don't have to be that good a guitar. Um you can do it all with computers. So what reason is there to rage out? You're gonna rage out on your computer? It's not not the same, right? Yeah, it's not. And unfortunately I think that if we're talking about I mean, you see people obviously knocking down statues and and throwing bricks at police cars and lighting them on fire and, and burning buildings down. And but like, what what are they listening to when they're doing it? Uh, <laughs> It'd be very odd. Oof. Like, you know what I mean? That's like, a good question. Like you, you got the MC five at a certain time in history. And what you're is like, yeah. F? Yeah, let's let's kick out the jams, dude. And we're gonna we're gonna do this. You know, we're gonna we're gonna throw Molotov cocktails down the street. All this. And now you got you, these guys cannot be raging out to mumble rap, right? I mean, I don't know. I have what, no. Idea. What is optimal looting music? I think run, I would think it run would the be, jewels. I don't know. Breaking the law by Judas Priest in my day, right? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe run the jewels. Yeah, I think it's run the jewels with Zach Della Roach singing. Look at all these slave masters posing on your dollars, and then you. I'm not even familiar with any of that. Well, it's pretty good, but I don't know if it's optimal looting music. I mean, do they have music in the background to the to the looting? I, everybody, every kid that I see, uh, and including some adults, walk around with headphones on ninety nine percent of the time. So hopefully, they at least sync up their riot music. That's a yeah. What do you? I'm trying to find. Oh, I, I found a burning and looting playlist. Oh, you did? Yeah, I mean the Clash is on it a lot, but I feel like this guy's a yeah. Poser. But that's like seventies yeah, looting. This dude's seventies prodigy. What the fire starter? What yeah, prodigy song? It's a little on the nose, though, right? <laughs> um, I'll tell you what. Not enough people on Spotify are making looting playlists. Well, should it say rioting playlists? Perhaps I don't know. A Grateful Dead? No, dude. Who's looting to Grateful Dead? That's insane. That's for after. That's for when you set up. What was that, Chad? When you set up your community. 
and you can listen. Yeah. To you could chill out listening to the Grateful Dead. I'm oh, ready. Dude, if, dude, if you're looting to Imagine Dragons, you can kiss me. I'm ready ass. to riot uh, when I think about onion bagels. And I know I had posted a, uh, a short clip. And someone asked me, they said, oh, you know, did you, you had like this bit on onion bagels, you know, I said, <laughs> and then uh, somebody else said, how come every time you uh, post something like that, I feel like I'm in the middle of a Seinfeld episode. And I said, well, if you notice, oh, when they're arguing over bagels, geez, well, I don't know why, when, when you, uh, <laughs> when you look at the video, you can clearly see that I was holding the camera. Oh, I, I did not want her to know we were recording. This wasn't a, hey, let's me and you have a, a kitschy argument about, about onion bake. Obviously, I knew I was about to fire off. But if you, ris- if you listen, I started it in the middle of a, I was, I was, I was going ballistic. It was because, an organic argument, it sounded oh, like. Oh, for sure. She, uh, my wife suggested <laughs> that she was going to go down to Dunkin' Donuts uh, down the street and pick up a, a quick breakfast. And she said, you know, I'm going to get this and the kids are going to get this. What did you want? And I do this all the time. All knowing that Dunkin' Donuts does not have onion bagels, I stand firm. I want an onion bagel. And I feel like the more times you go to Dunkin' Donuts and you say, I want an onion bagel, eventually it'll seep into their head. They're like, maybe we should get some onion bagels. But in speaking to my mom, because I don't go to the grocery store outside of Aldi and their bagels are, you know, packed up in a lenders or, you know, fenders, whatever fake Aldi brand. Okay. Um, they also do not have onion bagels. Fenders Jewel, bagels. Jewel used to have onion bagels. The, the Jewel, as we call it here, or Jewels. Mm-hmm. Um, they also do not have onion bagels. Um, somebody told me Panera has onion bagels, possibly. That's a good chance. Dude. But they got a lot of them. I don't want your gourmet onion bagel. I want a regular onion bagel. What is so difficult? You don't think they have You're a tell- regular one? I'm just saying like Panera oh, is supposed to be like. How could Panera be? I'm just saying Panera holds themselves as like a artisan bread. Foo, foo. Yeah, yeah. Look, if you can make a raspberry raisin bagel, you can't put an onion in a bagel. You can't chop up some onions and throw it in a bagel. Can I don't you, understand right. why we go from plain bagel to chocolate chip raspberry and nothing in between. Now, Where, what about the rest of us? Now, for, for Goyam, mm. explain an onion bagel to me. It's just the same as a like a, a chocolate chip bagel. It's a bagel with, with, you know, they probably slice up onions, they put it in a bagel mix, and they make a bagel out of it. Are there There's chunks onion of onions or no, is it onion no. flavor? Yeah, it's onion flavor. Why does that happen? I don't know. They put it inside. I, I don't, I don't make talking, the bagels. Are we talking onion powder at this point? No, no, no. Well, then where, where are the pieces the, It's like a Goodfellas where they take the razor blade and they slice it. They slice thin, it that thin? Yeah. Like the garlic? Yeah, you've never had an onion bagel? They're on top of it. I don't know it. that I have. No, they're like, they're like cooked onto it. So you can see they're like, like uh, you know, they're baked onto the Dude, bagel. Dude, like every, everything else, when I find something I like, I go, I can't believe how good this is. And then someone later tells me, oh, that's because it's got 8,000 cloves of garlic in it. And I go, oh, that's why. And then my wife goes, please don't ever eat that again. So I... You can, I can go to the Jewish deli in Chicago Heights, you know, it's 20 minutes away, but I don't want to have to do that. Nah. My thing is, is why is it not standard? I don't want an every, cause everyone's like, well, there's an everything bagel. Hey, guess what? If there's an everything bagel, how come there's no onions on the everything? But I'll say, but everything bagels are so good. I don't like them. I don't want poppy seeds what? on my bagel. Everyone Poppy likes seeds them. only go on hot dog buns. They should be called everyone they, bagels. I don't need everyone pop- likes them. What other... Where should poppy seeds go besides a hot dog bun? Let's be real. I don't think they even need to be there. Well, I'm saying if they needed to be somewhere. Sesame seeds, same thing. I don't need them. I have no need for them. Yeah. 
So what, what's so great about an onion? You got to keep the sesame plant alive. What's so great about an everything bagel? Uh, I did just taste super good. And I didn't know why, but I guess it's because of all the garlic. Do you remember when I went to the Jewish deli in Wisconsin and they're like, we don't have bagels. We have Bialis. Remember that whole debacle no, I don't years ago? What's a Bialy? It's like a flat bagel. I don't need it, it. It was like a, I, I don't know. It's like a bagel chip. It's like a giant. I don't even know what this thing is. But I've never seen a Bialy. Apparently on the East Coast, Bialis, nah, Bialis I, are the thing. But I don't understand. You can't have a standard bagel. Dude, I got to find an onion bagel now because I don't know that I've ever had one. So I told. Is it strong flavored? Yeah. I mean, it depends on where you get well, it. Dude, you put, like, you put like fish on your bagel, yeah, right? Yeah. That's, yeah. I mean. Capers, fish, cream to be cheese. That sounds like the Larry Do you want to like to put, dude? Uh, that sounds disgusting. A bagel, an onion bagel with cream cheese with a fried egg inside of it. Um, you know, like an egg sandwich. What is it with this food that doesn't care what people think they smell like later? <laughs> I mean, let's dude, be fish. That, that's a cream very Jewish. Cheese. That's a very Cavelta fish. Oh my god! No, I don't dude. put that in there. It sounds like it'd be f- fine, I guess, but. Boy, oh boy. People eat sweet pickles. Dude, you know what? Okay, you know People what? People eat sweet pickles. They eat salsa verde. I don't want to hear it. Onion bagel with locks and capers. Mm. That ranks on the podium of things you don't eat on a first day. Also, onions and tomatoes on that. Yeah. That is, that must be some sort of like, if they can't handle this on the first date, <laughs> if you can't you. handle me at my worst, you don't get me at my you best. You don't get me at my best. That's probably <laughs> well, what like, the old Jewish matchmakers did. They're like, they're like, if they don't like this, then they'll never be able to hang. All you know I mean? can tell you is I don't understand why we leave the standards. We we skip over the basics and we go to this, this you know, I got what, fruity pebbles on a bagel, but I can't get onions. I it always see sense. cinnamon raisin, which yeah, I don't, I don't get that. that either. I don't, I don't get don't. it. Because how can you put cream cheese on cinnamon and raisin? What's an egg bagel? Just a regular bagel. It's just, and I think it's got the, egg, the egg, dough. Egg, just I think got, it had, no, I think it has egg wash. Does it not? Have, all of them have that in there? I don't know. I don't make bagels. Dude, I gotta figure out this bagel thing. There's a lot to be. There's a lot to be said for. There's a lot of dense carbs for, for, for in the bagel argument. But anyway, so I made a video and I posted it to our Instagram, and people were like, "Oh yeah, you know, even you, you're like, you kind of went hard at this whole bagel thing." And obviously, I was hamming it up for the purpose I of said it. But that. yeah, I think you said something like, "You're it's a bit extreme," you know, when you were just talking about bagels. Oh, I don't know. But uh, ultimately, oh, I oh, you're ha- just aggressive. You're yeah, right. that's what I meant. <laughs> Um, but that's that's how I'm living. I don't know what else to say. Uh, I get passionate about things, and um, you know, I let I let, I, let, I let it take me wherever it's going to take me. Well, I mean, you can't let you can't hide your light. You got to let it shine. For sure, <laughs> you got to. So, dude, so I made a call this week, right? Do you know what being a marrow donor is? I would assume that you donate the marrow inside yeah. your bones, right? Yeah, you donate the marrow inside your bones. So I believe that's extremely painful. I think it is. So a, co- <laughs> a couple years ago, because they drill into your bones. I think so. Yeah. No, I know they do that. I think so. Yeah. yeah. I think they drill into your bones, and uh, I think that if you do it, you you like you'd be super hardcore. You'd be like, no, I don't need painkillers. But so a couple years ago, I don't know if it was a flyer or Facebook or something, but it was like a. Hey, be a marrow donor. You can, they, they, they showed the stats on like, you know, how low the supply was. You got X amount of people that need marrow and, and Y amount of people are out there and they have all this lousy marrow just sitting around with nothing to do with it. Right. And they're just talking about like, listen, you could save. You selfish marrow bastard. Yeah. Look what you sitting around 
look at me. I got bone buckets of marrow just hanging out, like not doing anything with it. So this ad got to me. It was like, hey, you. it was like, how come you got all that marrow and this little sick kid's got none of that marrow? Yo, what that marrow do? Yo, why don't you come up off that marrow, B? So I was like, I saw the ad and I was like, you know what? They're right. I'm sitting around here. I'm I'm lousy with marrow. Mm. I got marrow up to my gills. You know what I mean? So I send in a thing, an email. I say, yo, come get some of this marrow, G. So I say, come get some of this marrow. They send me a packet. Spit in this, uh, spit in this little tube, you know? You found out you were Jewish. <laughs> 15%. As soon as I found out I was Jewish, I was like, but what if I get low on marrow? So, so, I, so I spit in the tube. I mailed it back. And I'm like, you know what I said? I said, I'm a hero. Look at me. A marrow hero. Dude, I'm a, I got all this marrow. And I was like, yo, who that, wants some? You realize that's not the marrow. They're just checking to see if you're probably a good donor right it was actually to uh it was like a sex offender like locating system <laughs> yeah, right <laughs> so they're like yeah it's like so, in that movie see anyways. love where they invite everybody to come see the yankees and really they just have active warrants what movie was that sea of love that's right you made me watch that that's right that's amazing movie. Oh, no it's good it's good but um so i send it in and i go i cannot wait for the truckloads of kids i'm gonna save with my marrow like they're gonna do a documentary on me and how badass my marrow is, right? So, so I send in my stuff and I'm waiting. Months go by, nothing comes in the mail, and I'm like, uh, "Hey, what's up? Come get this marrow, dude. It's good. You know what I mean? I'm like drinking milk like crazy, bro. I'm like, I'm doing the float tank, trying to get salt up in my bones for good marrow, and uh, nothing happens. And then this dude that I work with, I see an article in the paper, and everyone's sharing it, and they're like, "Hey." This guy is a hero. He gave some old dude his marrow. Now, let me say, first of all. A marrow hero. He's a marrow hero. First of all, I would say, listen, some kid's going to get my marrow, okay? Mm. Some some cancerous kid's going to get all my marrow. Not going to waste it on an old person. If they ask me, I'd be like, how old? <laughs> no, no. You save that for the future, right? I see an article. This guy's sharing this article. Everybody's like, you got to read. This, this guy is a hero. He gave his marrow. A marrow hero. A marrow hero, and he's just... And he's just, you know what? It's just what I do. I just like helping people. I want people to have my marrow and and I'm pumped and like whatever I can do to help. But it. you've given zero marrow. Just to- I've given zero marrow. Right. Nothing. Uh, I offered my, I would argue I've offered my marrow first. Okay. All right. So I'm like, hey, listen, it's been a couple of years. I was supposed to be the marrow hero. Mm. This dude stole my lightning. No, no, no. I'm drinking. That's right. He stole my stuff, you know? So I go, so I'm like, no, man, this, this is not good. So I, this week I call, now the article came out months ago, but it's been burning a hole, you know, it's been a, a, a burn my saddle, mm-hmm. as it were. So, so I call the, I call the, uh, the marrow people this week and I was like, I get the operator. She's like, can I help you? And I explain my situation. I say, I, I spit in a tube a while back. And she's like, great, great. We really love it. There's so many people that are in so so much in need. And, and there's a lot of sick kids. And just, we really appreciate you taking the time. And I was like, cool. So what's up with this marrow? Come get some. And she was like, um, well, we'll let you know if like. If, I they, go, if they didn't reach out to you. <laughs> yeah, she did the we'll call you. She's <laughs> like, yeah, we'll call you. And I go, no, no, no. Like you guys showed me a commercial with sick kids. I said, come get this marrow. I'll come to you and give you the marrow. Mm. Where are you at? 
Like, where are you at right now? I and got Meryl. See, this is where I know you're not Jewish because I immediately would be seeing my doctor and being like, hey, <laughs> this must mean something, right? Mm. I'm like, where are you at, dude? I'll give you Meryl right now. <laughs> so she's like, no, it's an intricate network of donors and this and that. And I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. I go, but I was led to believe that this the demand for marrow was high. And she goes, oh, it is, sir. It's high. It's high. We need a lot of marrow. There's a lot of sick kids. A lot of people need that marrow to fight. And I'm like, great. Again, I have some. So come have it. Come take it. Come get it. And she's like, uh, yeah, no. Well, again, it's like it's got to be a perfect match. I go, dude, I'm, I'm, o, I'm o negative. Everybody can take my blood. So what's up? Like you, I was like, are you telling me this that the supply or the demand is so minute that nobody can take my marrow? And she was just like, uh, well, we, she had a bunch of fancy words and a bunch of paragraphs and platitudes. And I go, listen, if you don't come get this marrow, I'm going elsewhere with it. I'm going to shop my marrow around, you know? She, she, she basically was like, we'll let you know. And I said, no, seriously, I have it. I'm ready to give it to you. And um, we did a few laps on that. And she goes, well, um, you know, like, hopefully, she's like, we have a lot of people that call and a lot of people want to donate. And the problem is we just don't get matches. Finally, I had to level with I say, listen, all right, there's a guy I work with. Somebody took his marrow. This guy, he's, he's, a, fine, he's a nice he's like, enough. Are you near your cell phone? Can I text you a picture of this guy? <laughs> I was like, he's a nice enough guy. But if you could see my, if listen, if you saw my marrow... If you saw mine, perhaps you'd feel differently about this, you know? And she was just like, yeah, um, you know, nothing nice. But it'd be great if she said his name. You mean Jim? Oh, we love his marrow. She's like, oh my He's God. He's a marrow hero. You, you, you would never, you'd never believe how good his marrow is. So like, um, you know, like I was just, I was just pushing really hard on her to take my marrow. And, and then I had to tell her my, my less, you know, less than ethical motivation for this. I was like, but here's, but here's what I told her. And I told her straight up, I go, I want to donate my marrow and I want to find out how much he donated and I want to donate more. I go, and then just fold up a piece of paper and slide it across and let me know how much he gave. (laughs) Yeah. And then I go, but I, here's the deal though. I want you to take my marrow and I go, but you can't let anyone know that I called and I don't want anything in the paper about it because the only way that I can marrow shame him is to give more and not say a word. I mean, it would definitely remove your status as Meryl Harrell if we found out that you did any of those things. Like, remember, like, you had an article in the paper about all your Meryl, and it's like, oh, that's cool. Somebody eventually does some digging and goes, hey, hey, Ben gave Meryl too. Oh, really? And I go, yeah, I just, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't feel the need for reporters and, you mm-hmm. know, whatever. <laughs> right. And they go, oh, how much, and I, I gave about, I mean, <clears throat> like, I don't know, like a little bit more than him. But, yeah, however but, they measure it, just a little bit more of that measurement than you. Yeah, I just feel like the true essence of giving is the holiday season, and you don't give marrow to be a hero. You just give it because you, you know it has I to just be gave a little more so more people could benefit from my marrow. Yeah, yeah. What I wanted to do was like basically what you did, but without the fanfare and also more. <laughs> right, and help several people instead of yeah. just one. Why would you guys get an anonymous letter or something? That's weird. <laughs> I, I, I feel your pain, but I think plasma would probably be a little bit easier because yeah, I do drill in your bones. I don't want bones. it to be easy. I want them drilling, dude. I mean, in theory. Dude, I want them to take my marrow and then I want to not say a word. Haven't you ever seen the MASH episode where Winchester like sneaks off to give money to the Korean orphanage? <laughs> no, the I whole not. Well, you lie. But the whole point <laughs> of it is that 
you can't tell anyone about it. Now, I'm telling you now because it hasn't happened. But rest assured, one day we'll be doing a podcast, and I want you to think in the back of your head, did he ever give that marrow? I'll be like, hey, I can't do it this week. And you go, why? And I go, I can't. You know what else I'd like you to do this week? <laughs> can, can you talk about the burbs? I mean, you, you keep pushing sure, us yeah. off on this. I love that movie. Uh, and you wanted to do a review of the burbs. And I also wanted to find out um, what happened with the Gretzky thing. So a couple weeks back, uh, we were having a conversation and we talked about not meeting your heroes and, and or meeting your heroes. And you said, except for Wayne Gretzky. And you put a pin in it and we never got back to it. Yeah, the Burbs is great, first of all. The Burbs is amazing. Yeah. Do you want to do a review? Yeah, I'd love, if we have time, if we can get to it. we got about three minutes. Do you want to just um, put it off until next week? Yeah, I mean, the Gretzky story is long. We're definitely going to put it in the queue, though. It's, you know what? Put a pin in that and instead watch Murder on Middle Beach on HBO. This I don't know week. what that is. Dude, it's on HBO. It's a documentary. Mm, do you like documentaries? Another one, yes. Do you like documentaries that don't make you feel good? I mean, is there any that do? Do you like them that involve like murders and family and conspiracies? Yes. Do you want to feel like garbage? Yes. Watch Murder on Middle <laughs> Beach. Uh, no, it's actually, it's really this, good, dude. Th- it's actually really wild, man. This, um, this dude, I think he was like 18-ish or whatever when his mom got murdered. And he ends up, you know, going to college, I think for film school or something. He's involved in the film crew. He ends up making a documentary about his mom's murder and his mother in general where the father was the main suspect. Mm -hmm. And so he's got this estranged father who is the main suspect in the murder. As it spirals, you start finding out other people were actually suspects. Mom had a lot going on that he didn't know about. Always. So the more he digs, the more he finds out about mom, the more he finds out about his family. But the whole time you go, this is a wild story. I can't believe it's such a crazy story. You have to take a step back and remember, oh, this is about his mom. Mm -hmm. He's doing all this digging. If it it was just a a film crew... It would be a cool story about a right. wild murder, you know, interesting. It's like Vice News, but it's not. Well, it would just be like a, a murder mystery, right. whatever. But when you're doing the murder mystery and it's your mom. And you're learning the same time the dude, audience yeah, is. It's heartbreaking in that, like, you see him trying to find the truth. But uh, it's not a feel-good documentary, but it was really, really uh, good. I liked it a lot. It's on HBO. It's a four-parter. I was four-parter. on vacation last week, and uh, I just want to tell people, if you have not... I hate network television. I hate it with a passion. I don't even really like... Uh, I don't even know what's on it, dude. I, 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 I don't really even like cable. Like, obviously, Breaking Bad was great. And, uh, you know, th- there have been some some shining lights. But I who will watched, tell dude, you... Who watches network? Well, like, what's so I, I, I'm... This, this is... Breaking Bad was not network, I guess, right? Kind of. It's like the movie... Whatever channel but it was But even that's 10 years ago or whatever. If you are not watching Fargo, the series... Oh. Dude, you are missing out. I'm like three episodes into the first one. It's, it's, not, so, it's on Hulu now. It is so good. Yeah, is it on? Is it on? Yeah, it's on Hulu. On you gotta watch. You gotta watch commercials. No, Hulu. Okay. Well, maybe Peacock too, but because it was an AMC show. Yes. So it's on Hulu. But it is so violent and so really yeah and and you know what uh there's swear words in it so I mean it's not, not that that makes it the greatest but it yeah, does yeah. make it better for me. Um. It seems like it's, it might as well be on the on HBO, but this fourth season, so it's in season four, and every season they have uh, you know a couple like big name celebrities that carry the the season. Yeah, um, Billy Bob Thornton's in the first season, and then yeah, I got to um, get back. Kirsten on Dunst is in season two. I forget who's even in, in season three, but season four is uh, Chris Rock is like one of mm-hmm. the, the main people. And I'm one of these people that I love Chris Rock as a stand-up comedian. I didn't, you know, give or, I could give or take his Saturday Night Live. He seems like a cool dude. 
Um, Dude, have you seen, but him, his be, have acting, you seen him be a zebra? His acting is god awful. Is it really? In, in, I mean, not not in the show. Typically, now most of the stuff you see him in is Adam Sandler movies, or he was in New Jack City, and it's just like eh, I I just always felt like he he could not carry a movie. He's just not a great of an actor. Hmm. But I will say, in season four of Fargo, man, he 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 must have uh, he came into his own. Really? Yeah, I could usually. I, I don't know that he that somebody else couldn't have done what he did, but I'm such a, uh, a naysayer of Chris Rock's actual uh, thespianism. I, I was I was thoroughly impressed, and it's not the strongest season, but it is uh, it hold the the, the writing is, is but, incredible. But season one and two and all that. I mean, I've heard nothing but two, good things. Season two to me is just it's so exceptional. Like, I got to get back to one. I, I think yeah. the first episode I saw, and I was. Just the first episode, I was like, "Oh my god!" Like it's pretty hardcore. I Fargo the movie is one of my favorite movies of all time, um, and it's I a just little like bit. the way it's like sort of, it's just odd. It's an odd movie, but um, the writing on this is it's true. To, it's true to the style of the movie. It's not written by the Coen Brothers. It's written by Noah Hawley. I think it's got Holly Hawley. But the first season, now why is it called Fargo? Like, is it? It's not. People are going to go I, like, I can't is tell it like you. the movie? No, it's not. But all things lead to being in Fargo at some point. But the so first, even the first episode was kind of similar. There's that dude in a trunk. I forget what they call. I mean, it's it's all there's all like this pulp criminal aspect to it. The car salesman with that was with the yeah, the, but it's the not, wife that it's, was. It's not a. It's not like a remake, and it's it's not. They all tie together, though. All the all the seasons tie together. It's almost like that American Horror Story. I, I forget what they call okay, it, yeah, an anthology yeah, yeah. or whatever they call a series that it it holds uh, one theme per season and yeah. then switches. But it's the same actors. But they just go like, we're going to take this feel and do stuff with it. Yes. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, but the writing is, the, the characters and the actors are different in Fargo, but the, the writing is the same. So, and it's different time periods, but they all somehow at some part of the season intersect. I'm on it, dude. I'm going to start watching it because I've been addicted to all these Gordon Ramsay shows. It's mm-hmm. all I've been watching. It's, yeah. I, I, I'm, here's, here's the I'm proof. I'm a big cooking that, show guy too. Here's proof that I'm not a smart person. I like formulaic shows. Do we shows. need more? <laughs> There's uh, 160 something episodes. Nay, 200. But like, I like dumb shows and then I like the formula. Like people go like, like, why do you watch House? You know what's going to happen. They're going to get sick. He's going to try something. It's not going to work. They're going to try something else. Last minute, he's going to find the, the cure. I go, yeah, I know. But I just like watching that. Yeah. Like I like it. So I watch Hell's Kitchen. It's like being in the womb. It is. It's comfort TV. Mm-hmm. So I watch Hell's Kitchen. Gordon Ramsay comes in. And they feed him their food. And he goes, this is dog shit. I wouldn't, f- I ate that. I wouldn't, f- I don't know what accent I'm doing. But he like, he craps on their kitchen, craps on their staff, comes in, gives them guidance, and then goes, I'm so proud of you. And leaves them with a great restaurant. A re- restaurant. Which say, a show restaurant. are you watching? Are you watching, you're not, that's not Hell's Kitchen. Well, I watched about. Kitchen Nightmare. Dude, best, the best when it comes to really? kitchen. But the British version of Kitchen, is it Kitchen? Uh, that's no, the one where America. he goes into your restaurant and like you invite him there and he tells you why you're failing. It's yeah, sort of like John Taffer before he John always Taffer. orders the crab cakes, tells how crappy they are. I love the the British version is even better. It's dude. a British one? Yes. Oh, no, yeah. I watched the American one, but it's good. I like it. And then I watched Hell's Kitchen where they compete for the top yeah, chef. And that's that. cool too, but And then they have Top Chef Junior uh, where he no, does But that's not kids. Gordon Ramsay. He there is one with him with his oh. kids. Maybe it's not Top Chef, it's called something else where they there's like four judges 
and you're in like a straight up competition. Uh, but either way, dude, I started watching anything with Gordon Ramsay in it. I watched cooking shows where he just cooks, and 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 he, dude, here's a weird. T- am I crazy? They he come always in. has his shirt off. No, well, that's not much to look at. <laughs> he comes in. And and the women that worked there that owned the place were like, he came in and he's this debonair British guy and he's so handsome. And every time I go, what? <laughs> Dude, every time. I'm just thinking he's a horrific looking guy. But like many episodes, they go, he came in with his chef's coat. And I said, ooh, he's, he's blonde and he's handsome. And every time I go, huh? You know, Dude, I, he's, I, he I, looks like a potato face. I've, I've said this many times. He's got a dickhead face maybe. Depending on where you live geographically, there's a different scale. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I I, I, so I hate to say, I'm gonna say what everybody else is thinking. If you're in England, you know, a, an American four is like an English nine. Okay, so maybe because he's British, yeah, he comes here, yeah, and they go, well, he's exotic. Ricky Gervais, he's got those beautiful blue like eyes, and, and he has half. an accent, so it's like that automatically catapults him. But <laughs> Ricky I mean, Gervais is a one in the UK. And why do you like, think Americans do so well in foreign countries? They're exotic. You know what I mean? Like we're, foreign we're countries have so, they're so, uh, everybody's like on top of each other. So many people and they all look exactly the same. And then you get yeah. some blonde haired, blue eyed dude, you yeah. know, with, with a California accent. It's like Sriracha. Like nobody, Reeves. nobody ever tried Sriracha. And all of a sudden somebody said, Hey, this is good. That won't the rooster on it. Yeah. Everyone is eating Sriracha and everything. Right. Cause they go, why? They go, it's different. Sriracha on everything. Dude. All right. I'm going to list you a couple things that Gordon Ramsay says. Mm. You tell me, here's the Are thing. you going to have to do it in an accent? Sort of. Okay. So I'm, I mean, I know you want this is why. No, I'm, I'm be trying to be good. <laughs> I'm trying to be good. I'm trying to be good about it, but I'm watching this show. I don't know half the words he's saying because sometimes he's got no accent and sometimes it's thick as fook. Hmm. So, like, all right, you tell me, does he say pasta, pasta, or pasta? Pasta. Why? He's done. That's the way they say it, man. All right. Uh, does he say strawberries or strawberries? Which should he say or which does which he say? Does Can you give me those again? This is like the eye doctor where does they go say, A, B, and I'm like, I'm not sure. Can I see him again? Strawberries or strawberries? One. He says strawberries. Yes. He's no, no, str- the yes, other one. Yes, he does. No, it's strawberries. Does he say a taco or a taco? Taco. He calls it a taco, yeah, dude. Why? I wrote these sure. down while I was watching it because I was like, what, bro? Did you phonetically spell them so you knew how to do both ways? <laughs> I spelled T-A-H-K-O. Okay. Uh, e, uh, is it is it a fillet or a fillet? Fillet. He calls it a fillet. You're doing yeah. very well on this test. He yeah. calls it a fillet, bro. I can tell you watch. I've watched show. a lot of Gordon Ramsay. He's like, now we're gonna go simpler with the menu. You've you've got you've got forty items. I say, if there's a picture on the menu, get the fuck out. And he goes, we're gonna go simple. We're gonna have a nice fillet. I'm like, huh, dude? Yeah. Right. Like you're closer to France than we are. I think yeah. If you're from England, you know they say that's just, delay, that's right? Just, that's just being bougie for the sake of bouginess. Who's closer to France? Us or him? Him. Okay, so I we don't say really know much We figure it out. But I think they're on the same continent. Who's got less water between <laughs> France? <laughs> um, okay. Does he say frustrated or frustrated? Frustrated. Frustra- All right, this is a stupid yeah. test. You, you got like five out of six. <laughs> <laughs> but I wrote him down because he kept calling still to it, date your test of. Which which band is this? Foo Fighters or uh, Nickelback. Nickelback? That yeah. was. Hey, I'll tell you, it was a tough one. It's a good one. People, you people want to say that it's, it's not. It was, great. it was. We we probably need to revisit. People that still make fun of me. They're like, oh, you defend Nickelback. I'm like, take the test, bro. Take it. Yeah, I don't think it's so much as defending Nickelback as saying if you like this, you should like this. 
because it's comparable. Without without a vocalist, I'm not these two bands. Back. I'm balancing. Which out of the these two. things are are different? And the answer is neither. Neither are different. Nobody's got a Nickelback tattoo. They should. <laughs> I don't know about that. They should. A lot of people should. All right. Enjoy. Uh, I'm feeling a bit frustrated. That is episode 269 of the Hey My Man podcast. We will be back at some point. I don't know. Later. Yeah. Mm-hmm.